0: On this Wednesday morning, July 27th, 2022. Get some nice, cool weather out here in the Midwest. Maybe a little preview of the fall weather just around the corner. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast this morning. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. You can run over to AffirmAmerica.com, check out some of our articles 2,000 Mules is playing over there. And while you're there, why don't you sign up for our podcast? All right, today is our top five headlines for this Wednesday. Let's start off with headline number five. Pro-life pledge. Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh offers to raise children of unplanned pregnancies. From ESPN, Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh who last week spoke at a pro-life fundraising event in Michigan, said this past weekend that we'll raise that baby should someone in his family or program be involved with an unplanned pregnancy. Quote, let's discuss it, end quote, Harbo told ESPN, as part of a wide-ranging interview conducted Saturday in Muskingum, Michigan, during the team's summer tour of the state, adding, I've told them the same thing I tell my kids, boys, the girls, Same thing I tell our players, our staff members. I encourage them, if they have a pregnancy that wasn't planned, to go through with it. Go through with it. Let that unborn child be born. And if at that time you don't feel like you can care for it, you don't have the means or the wherewithal, then Sarah and I will take that baby. From Breitbart, critics should not be surprised that Harbaugh is standing up for life. His views on abortion are well known. And he's commented on the topic many times before. In 2020, for instance, he praised people for being concerned about people's lives during their coronavirus scare. But he added, you see people taking more of a view of the sanctity of life. And I hope that that continues. I hope that continues and not just in this time of crisis or pandemic. All right, well, good for uh, Coach Harbaugh. That's uh, very noble, that he's willing to make those kinds of statements. That's really what we need. We need people to stand up, support life, step in when difficult situations happen in our communities and in our families. Rather than taking the so-called easy way out and just have an abortion, why not uh, offer that child up for adoption for those uh, parents that can't have children or those that would be more than happy to add an additional child to their family. This is the direction the country needs to to head in. This is where we need to combat the abortion issue and to be able to support life, especially in this time of Roe versus Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court. All right, headline number four, Senator Rand Paul vows to investigate Dr. Fauci if Republicans win the House. From the Daily Wire, Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor to the president, practically dared Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, to make good on threats to investigate him if Republicans were able to take back the House and the Senate following November's fast-approaching midterm elections. Fauci, who appeared Tuesday morning on CNN's New Day, insisted to anchor John Berman that all he had ever done was to help save millions of lives by putting forth common-sense ideas that helped the government implement sound public health policies. Tom Elliott, Fauci to Rand Paul, All I have ever done, if you go back and look at everything I've ever done, was to recommend common-sense, good CDC-recommended public health policies that have saved millions of lives. If you want to investigate me for that, go ahead. From the Daily Mail, Paul and Fauci are no strangers to TIFFs, with the two constantly sparring publicly over the past few years of the coronavirus pandemic. Specifically, Paul has questioned Fauci over the origins of the virus and the gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, which the senator claims is how COVID-19 came to be. The Kentucky lawmaker has accused Fauci of somehow having some sort of involvement in the emergence of the virus because the National Institutes of Health granted funding to an organization conducting research at the Wuhan lab. Fauci has repeatedly dismissed these claims. Okay, well, Rand Paul has made himself himself very clear that he's going to investigate uh, Dr. Fauci once the Republicans do take back the House And I think it's something that needs to be looked at. The uh, Wuhan lab situation, not only from Rand Paul, but also there's a number of scientists that have looked at the DNA, the uh, genome of the virus, whatever it is that they look at, and they can see that it was manipulated. And so I think we need to get to the bottom of it, where it came from. China needs to be responsible if it in fact did come from the Wuhan lab, because they have caused deaths and tremendous economic impact across the globe as a result of their irresponsible actions, if, in fact, that the virus did come from the Wuhan lab. And it looks more and more like that's exactly where it came from, and we need to get to the bottom of it, and I hope that the Republicans have the stones to investigate uh, Dr. Fauci and really get to the bottom of the COVID virus pandemic. All right, headline number three, White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson's messages reveal a different side of the story. From the Federalist, nearly 18 months of private chats between friends from the Trump White House show that January 6th committee star witness Cassidy Hutchinson dramatically changed her story about what she knew and how she felt about what she witnessed as a White House staffer in her two hours of testimony. Hutchinson's made a series of blockbuster claims incriminating former President Donald Trump, her White House colleagues, and even her direct superiors over their conduct as security at the U.S. Capitol was compromised by a horde of demonstrators. Relying on third-party conversations, Hutchison claimed the president tried to violently hijack the presidential limousine to drive himself down to the rioters on January 6th. The claim was denounced as fabricated hours later, Yet in a series of private communications from December 2020 through May 2021 shared exclusively with the Federalists, Hutchison commiserated with other targets of the probe about how little information she had about any wrongdoing that day and lamented how corrupt the politicized committee was. Far from being upset with Trump, Hutchison repeatedly spoke in favor of him and his presidency. Spencer Brown, the messages paint a picture of an aide who is unrecognizable to the one who testified about being fearful of what could happen in the days leading up to and horrified by what she watched happen from the White House on January 6th. Quote, same, end quote, she wrote back. Okay, what's uh, interesting about this story is that the Secret Service put themselves out there and said, hey, call me in, I'll, I'll give you the story. The people that were around the president are disputing what uh, Ms. Hutchinson is saying. And yet the committee didn't even bother to ask the Secret Service what happened on January 6th, if that was a true story or not. So you can see that this whole trial is nothing but a sham show, a clown show, a Stalinistic communist court kangaroo court, which is just designed to discredit Trump so that he doesn't run in 2024. They're running this sham show all the way up to the midterms. It's shameful. It's going to backfire on them. The American people aren't stupid. And it's just going to add more gas to the fire that's already burning with the patriots out there that can see exactly what the Democrats are doing in the far left. And they're using this opportunity just to keep power and to knock Trump down. That's the whole purpose of the sham show. All right, headline number three. Walmart woes send U.S. stocks tumbling. Dow down 229 points. Walmart off 7.6%. Fox Business. All three of the U.S. benchmark stock averages lost ground as investors reacted to a basket of disappointing earnings led by Walmart, which cut its profit forecast due to inflation pressures. Shares were the worst Dow member dragging down consumer discretionary stocks which weighed on the S&P 500 and NASDAQ Composite with declines in Bed Bath & Beyond, Amazon, and Dollar Tree shares. From Kiplinger, The increasing levels of food and fuel inflation are affecting how customers spend, and while we've made good progress clearing hardline categories, apparel in Walmart U.S. is requiring more markdown dollars said Doug McMillan, CEO at Walmart, in the company's press release. The company also cut its full-year profit forecast as it expects even more pressure on general merchandise over the next two quarters. From the Wall Street Journal, the announcement sent Walmart shares down nearly 10% in after-hours trading Monday and pressured other stocks with Amazon.com, Incorporated falling about 4%. Walmart's e-commerce rival is slated to report its latest results on Thursday. The warning casts a cloud over a week when a raft of global brands and multinational companies from McDonald's Corporation and Procter & Gamble Company to Visa Incorporated and General Motors Company are slated to update investors on their latest quarterly results and the outlook for the rest of the year. Okay, so we're, uh, we're definitely in a recession right now. We've already had two quarters of negative GDP growth, and uh, it's uh, not looking pretty. The Biden administration has completely destroyed the economy in the last 18 months, direct result of printing money, spending, overspending, cutting energy, regulations. These are all the things that stifle uh, economic growth in this country, and this is uh, intentional. The far left is very much behind this, pushing Biden to do these radically ridiculous ideas of how to run a country. And we're beginning to see the results. So we also had the pandemic and the supply chain issues, which all accumulated to where we are today. And we need to batten down the hatches and be prepared because I think we're in for some rough patches over the next couple years as we try to untangle this complete mess that the biden administration has put us in and we can only hope that the midterms turn out like we we hope it will and that is to take back control of the house and the senate and the white house in 2024 and put some grown-ups in there that know what the heck they're doing and put a stop to this crazy far-left radical democratic agenda all right headline number two Beverly Hills will refuse to enforce mandate should L.A. County reinstate masking. Fox News, the Beverly Hills California City Council voted unanimously not to enforce a Los Angeles County mask mandate should one be adopted. I feel it is our job to lead and support the power of choice, Beverly Hills Mayor Lily Bossi said after the voter Monday evening, according to reporting from Fox 11. The comments come as the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health has publicly weighed the possibility of adopting an indoor mask mandate in the county, which has seen a steady rise in COVID-19 cases in recent weeks. The mandate was reportedly set to go into effect Friday, but Public Health Director Barbara Ferreira told reporters cases in the county may be leveling off and we are likely to want to take a pause on moving too quickly on universal indoor masking. From the Daily Wire, Julie Hamill, an attorney representing the Alliance of Los Angeles County Parents, recently told the L.A. County Board of Supervisors in a letter that she would file a lawsuit if the mask mandate is reinstated for L.A. City School kids. Hamill is requesting that the supervisors take away some of Ferreira's authority. From CBS, Los Angeles County Supervisor Catherine Barger Monday issued a public statement opposing bringing back an indoor mask mandate, days before the county is considering reimposing one to curb the spread of COVID 19, in an open letter to her fifth district constituents. Barger said she believes masking mandates are polarizing and unenforceable, and said she does not believe that such a move would have any major impact. I have not seen any empirical evidence that conclusively shows that masking mandates make a difference in decreasing or stopping COVID-19 transmission rates, Barger wrote. An analysis of Alameda County's June 2022 masking mandate, in fact, concluded it had no significant impact in comparison to its surrounding counties that did not impose a masking mandate. Alameda County dropped this mandate after only three weeks. She added that a mandate will not make a meaningful improvement to the underlying systematic health care inequities, that are the true drivers of inequitable rates of COVID-19 deaths and long-term negative effects. Okay, we're starting to see some cities push back on all these these mandates in California that just devastated the small businesses, the restaurant industries, when they shut it down, and all the mask mandates which have destroyed our young people in their developmental stages for the last couple years. And there's been no empirical evidence that masking stops the COVID-19 virus transmissions. So good for Beverly Hills. I hope other cities follow suit and they push back on Governor Newsom's radical leftist ideas. This guy thinks he wants to run for president in 2024 when he's completely destroyed the great state of California. Ain't going to happen. You can do it in California, but it ain't going to happen in the great U.S. of A. All right, headline number one. CNN chimes in on Biden administration attempting to redefine recessions. Quote, you can't fake this, end quote. Spencer Brown, as the Biden administration furiously attempts to spin our current economic situation into an argument to vote for Democrats in November's midterms, the White House can apparently no longer expect assistance from CNN. During a segment talking about the White House's desperate attempts to redefine what a recession is, CNN editor-at-large Chris Sosilza and host Katie Hunt had some fun at the expense of the White House's laughable attempts to paint a rosy picture of the Build Back Better agenda's effects. Disclosed TV, Biden economic advisor, two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of recession, end quote. From the RNC Research, Amid fears of recession, CNN's Casey Hunt slams the Biden administration for denying the definition of a recession. Quote, you can't fake this, end quote. All right, let's listen to uh, CNN and their discussion about this very topic. Panel, Chris um, inflation affects every American directly. Uh, The Biden administration is trying to point out the the definition of a recession is nuanced, But I gotta tell you, I I struggle with this. I get that why they want to do it from a political perspective, but like you can't fake this. No, I was just I was laughing to myself with the "in my view" thing that Caitlin highlighted because it's like, well, in my view, I should be drafted into the NBA. Like the (laughs) NBA NBA executives didn't agree with that. Right. right. (laughs) Like it doesn't really matter what you think. It's there's a there is a technical definition: two straight quarters of negative economic growth. They clearly believe that that is likely to come to pass later this week. They're trying to pre-bud it. To your point, we get why they're doing it politically. Right. At the same time, we have these terms for reasons. You don't have to like it. Of course they don't like it because the economy, you know, Joe Biden's Biden's handling of the economy was at 25 or 30 percent in our most recent poll. Like, yeah, it's a problem for them. This adds to the problem. But you don't get to change the nomenclature in the middle of, a campaign because it doesn't work for you well and again your voters are going to feel what they feel in their lives exactly no matter what, right. no matter what that's exactly. okay so when cnn is turning on you you've got a big problem because they've always been in the back pocket of the democrats forever and now that you see them pushing back on some of their fake spin that's coming out of the white house you've got a big problem so the midterms are coming up here in a uh, hundred days starting this coming sunday and every person that can hear my voice needs to get out there and vote. They need to bring their friends, their neighbors, and we need to take back the Congress and the Senate so that we can correct this ship, the great American ideal. All right, thanks very much for joining us this morning on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you, and we'll see you then. Is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget America is great, and we affirm it.